I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. As a video producer and camera operator, I've spent countless hours behind a camera at live workshops and events, training my lens onto speakers and presenters of all calibre. I can tell you, I've learned more about life, business, women, marketing, childbirth, superannuation, and complex medical procedures than most ever have the chance to, simply by being in the room, pointing my camera at someone sharing their expertise from the stage. Now, it's a good gig, but I've got a confession. Sometimes my camera work suffers, and for that, I place the blame solely on storytelling. You see... The truly engaging speakers, regardless of my interest in the subject matter, are masters of storytelling. And by bringing the audience along with them through story, it's easy for me behind the camera to get caught up in the story too. And then I find myself swept up, engaged and enthralled only to suddenly realise the presenter has walked out of the shot. And I quickly reframe and then dive back into the story. You see, this is the power of storytelling from the stage. Its ability to engage a room full of people on a deeper and more connected level, regardless of the subject matter. This is something that really intrigues me. And so today's guest on Engage With Story is a master at the craft of storytelling from the stage. My guest today is an accomplished and award-winning theatre director, producer, actor, speaker, coach, consultant, and corporate storyteller. She believes in changing the world one conversation at a time, whether that be a conversation with one or an audience of millions. She offers programs and coaching for professional speakers, business leaders, actors, singers and dancers who want to have their voice heard in the world. She is the speaker's director, Simone Dehas. In this episode, Simone shares with us how to move your audience to action, the three types of stories you can tell from the stage, and she wraps a nifty framework around how to tell those stories with five W's. And we dive deep into the power and importance of storytelling with purpose. So let's get on with the show. So Simone, thanks for joining me at the uh, Engage With Story podcast. Um, I'm delighted to be here. Fantastic. Look, you're a, you're a, a, a director, a theatre director, you're a speaking coach, you're a writer, you're a consultant, um, you work with business owners and you've obviously had a lot of experience in communication yourself throughout your, your time in business mm-hmm. and in life. Um, I'd really love to for you to, before we get into it, to share your story and what's kind of, I guess, developed that love of communication over that time. Uh, yeah, absolutely happy to share that. I suppose, you know, if we go back just a few years, I won't go all the way back. <laughs> it takes too long. But the probably the, the key for me was a visit to New York when I was in my early 20s. And my brother, who was living in New York at the time, took me to see a Broadway production. And it was called A Chorus Line. And it's the story of a group of what they call um, gypsies, Broadway dancers who go from show to show to show. And A Chorus Line is uh, predicated on the story of these Broadway dancers and the choices that they make for their careers and how that creates turning points in their lives. And 
as I walked out of that theatre, I just I just had this like blinding flash of insight that that was the kind of work I wanted to be able to do, to be able to express myself through, with my storytelling. And I had already been doing some theatre at that stage with amateur groups and that kind of thing. I had studied singing at the conservatorium and I'd begun to get some lead roles and things like that. And I thought, well, this is actually something that I want to have as part of my life from now on. So essentially that turning point for me then created a dual career for pretty much my entire career. I've had one foot in the world of the corporate arena doing kind of regular day jobs um, in admin and events management and all kinds of kind of fun stuff like that, but always had another foot, my other foot in the world of theatre and initially as a performer and singer and act, um, actor. And then I moved from that into uh, choreography because I was doing dancing. I moved into choreography and that led naturally into directing. It uses very similar skill sets. Mm. And so my entire career kind of then was really a blend of all of the things that I was learning in the theatre that I then would take into the corporate world in terms of how I communicated with people, what I was looking for that continued to drive my passion. And so I found myself doing more and more speaking about this, more and more training. I was a natural coach as a director. I found myself always working with actors to draw from them the best possible story for the character. And that required them to really... I suppose, delve into the different elements of what created a good character, what created a great story, how to really engage with an audience, how to get that um, that wonderful to and flow energy with an audience to create a wonderful experience. And that naturally translates into teamwork in a corporate environment. So I found more and more that the work that I did that was not in a corporate environment, so the world of the theatre, was really supporting the work that I was beginning to do in the corporate arena around communication and around being able to tell better stories, whether that was a business story, whether it's a story to engage a team, like to get them on side, um, to inspire people, to motivate people. And so I found that there was a lot of crossover in that. And so that's how essentially my career developed. And that's pretty much what I've been doing for the last probably about 10 years has been that very blended career where I still do uh, training of actors in film and television and in theatre, but I also do a lot of work now as a speaker, a professional speaker myself, around storytelling, around stagecraft, presentation skills, and then helping businesses to create um, a stronger communication with their teams and with each other. I think there's a, not necessarily a, a very common link between people in the performing arts like like your background and, mm. and business, um, you know, hardcore business, I guess. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to, to hear from you for you, cause you've, you've made that, that blended approach in your career. Um, whereas I don't think you see that a lot. Um, no. what was the, for you, what was that in, inciting incident or what was that moment that where you kind of took that step from, from stage and theater into business, or has it always been part of your, a part of your career? Well, options? it's probably always been part of my uh, career. It may not have been uh, a thought out quite like that, that yeah. I would, this was a purposeful decision that I would always have essentially two careers. The blend probably, the specific blend probably happened about 10 years ago when I actually started my own business. Instead of working for other people, 
doing that kind of work or working in um, HR, that kind of thing, which I did a fair bit of, I decided to actually create my own business around coaching, speaking training and developing. At that stage, I thought it was all about developing actors, but I realized all of the skill sets that I was working on with actors, such as building confidence, being flexible, um, and enhancing that adaptability was a great platform to help organizations change. You know, it, it became kind of the core of my business around creative leadership helping um, CEOs, helping their teams be more adaptable, be more flexible by using um, something called business improv. So improvisation techniques where you could teach teams how to be more flexible, how to use creative thinking to um, get solutions for problems that they were faced with or challenges they were faced with, how to use the um, improvisation techniques to create stronger communication within the teams by helping them to understand that, you know, they needed to become better listeners. So pretty much everything I was teaching actors has a, uh, has a, a parallel in the world of business. And I've also, with my, my husband, we've run our own theatre company for 20 plus years. So we've been in the business of theatre as well as being um, a theatre, what I call theatrepreneurs. So we've made uh, a living from our uh, love of theatre, but we've created a business out of that as well. Yeah, I like and that. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the way that we've we've managed to uh, to blend all of that. But I suppose the inciting incident was that really choosing to start my own business and being able to bring all of those um, elements of what I'm capable of into that business. I think for many of us, probably for many of the audience listening as well, who are in business themselves, and I know that's equally true for me, is you don't necessarily go into business to, to, to learn to be in business or to, to be immersed in that business world. You go into business because there's, there's some sort of passion or something you want to achieve and the business side of things becomes something that you kind of have to become passionate about. Um, and that's kind of what you've done with, with your, mm. your theatre uh, background with the business and the theaterepreneur. Well, I love that. And, um, <laughs> and definitely what I've done in my business as well. So I think, um, you know, we can definitely relate to that. And, I just want to touch on that idea of improvisation and the connection with improvisation and business is something that I hadn't really considered before. I've had some um, some acting background um, personally myself mm -hmm. and the skills that you learn to be a good improvisation actor is mm -hmm. critical to business, that, that idea of teamwork and accepting, um, you know, accepting things that are offered to you and... Um, uh, you know, working together to to achieve an outcome, I think, is what improvisation is all about. Not working, not fighting against each other, and that's there's mm. so much that can be learned in business there as well. Um, you know, and I think uh, you know what I'd love to kind of to, to steer the conversation towards now is that idea of storytelling in business, which is um, something that I know you speak about a lot, and mm -hmm. um, something that the Engage With Story podcast is based around. Um, what do you think is the, the value in storytelling or the importance of storytelling in, in business? Oh, that's a great topic, isn't it? And so relevant for our time. And I think that, and that's the key for me. You know, now we have... We have the potential to learn so much online and, you know, we are constantly 
being bombarded with information that, to build our business, to grow our business, to do whatever it is we need to do in our business. And what we have begun to lose is that personal connection because, you know, we're so quick to watch something on YouTube or, oh, I need to learn, you know, do all of that just-in-time learning. But the the relevance of some of that goes missing if there's not a personal connection. We kind of think, oh, yeah, well, that's that's interesting, but it doesn't stick. Stories help make our message stick. And I think that's that's the key. When we share, whether it's a business story, and that can be in the way of like a case study, a client that we've worked with, this is the challenge they were facing, here's the solution we provided, and this was the outcome, and here's your call to action as a result of that. When we share something around that where um, a potential client can say, oh, okay, I can see how that might work for me. Or we share some of our personal story about how we got to where we got to in our entrepreneurial journey. It creates a a stronger connection. And, you know, there's plenty of uh, evidence out there around the effects on the brain. Uh, The uh, neuroscience has um, detailed so much information about the effects of storytelling on the brain. The fact that when we tell a story that really engages with our potential clients and customers, that it releases oxytocin, the trust chemical. And, you know, and if it's got a happy ending, it's, um, it releases that, that wonderful feeling of um, optimism and, and hope in our uh, clients. So they go, oh, you know, this is the answer to my problem. This is what I've been struggling with. So having the power of our personal story embedded in our business is, I think, vital for us to really shift now into this connection economy. And we hear about that all the time, that, you know, we're in the connection economy. And I believe story is is the currency for that. It's the way that we can create the deepest connections, the quickest, in fact. And that's true whether the storytelling happens online in a video, if you're doing a video for your business, whether it's a face-to-face meeting with a client or whether you're doing public presentations like I do. I think stories are essential to create um, a message that sticks and a message that your audience want to act upon. Yeah, I mean, people often won't remember what you say, but they'll certainly remember how you made them feel. Yes. You know, and that's that's that stickiness of stories, which yeah. is so powerful. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, too many businesses get bogged down in communicating, uh, you know, what they believe is important to their clients, which is, you know, facts, figures and features and mm. guarantees or something like that. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, if people um, in business understand that, you know, it's how you can communicate, how how you can make people feel, then that's obviously yeah. going to be much more powerful. And stories are one of the best ways to do that. Um, so your specific expertise and and a lot of what you do around coaching and consulting is helping people tell those stories for a purpose from the stage, you know, when they're standing up live in front of a crowd or whether it be, um, you know, a, a live video, like a Facebook live, which is more common these days, which is very much the same sort of thing of communicating, you know, directly to an audience, um, based on you and your, and your message. Mm. Um, so you know, can you maybe share with us some some ideas around how we can use story when we are in that situation, which I think many of us are um, increasingly being put in that situation of needing to to communicate from the stage. Sure. So regardless regardless of the platform, so whether it is a video, 
or a live presentation, there's always going to be some like key elements that you want to incorporate into your story. So there's two ways I'd like to approach the answer to this. And the first one is to actually look at the result of the story. And the second part of it would be like the structure, if you like. So the first thing, um, when I'm coaching someone, I always ask them, first of all, you must put yourself in your audience's shoes. Anything else is selling. Mm. And I was working with a client just this morning. She was about to do a, a big presentation around property investment. So she did the presentation for me and she used the word I constantly, I or we, referring to the company. Now, that's an immediate turnoff because the person listening or watching this presentation, they don't know, they don't want to know about you until they know how much you care about them. Yeah, so and what's in the, it for me, isn't it? <laughs> what's in it for me? Yeah. And uh, it, like most people forget that. They forget that that's actually the key to your audience's heart is actually for them to understand that there's something in it for them. So I always encourage people to do uh, a very simple process is to look at the message that they want to share and think about it from their audience's point of view. So put yourself in your audience's audience's shoes and ask yourself, what do I want that audience to think, to feel, and to do as a result of this presentation? So if I'm in the audience, like how, how is my thinking going to change? How is my mindset going to change as a result of what I'm presenting? How is the audience's um, feelings, how are, they, how are they going to feel differently as a result of what I've just shared? And finally, that call to action, what would I like them to do as a result of what I've shared? So if you look at it from that perspective in terms of like how your audience are going to think about it, how they're going to feel about it and what you and what they're going to do about it, that's a really good, um, very short and um, succinct model to get some clarity around what it is that you want to say. And is it in that and, order? Sorry, to, I'll just jump in there. I'm oh, really interested. Is that is that the way that you, you think people need to need to yes. think about their audience, think, feel, then do? Is, is that yes. kind of the order? Um, to me, it is because it starts here. Yeah. Okay, so your audience is going to connect. If you're telling a story, your audience are going to start initially by connecting mind to mind. The, the brain does this wonderful mirroring when we're telling stories. So if you're telling a story, you can connect with them mind to mind. Then we drop into the heart. Yeah, so starts connect, here in uh, the head for those people yes. who are just listening and not seeing what, what you're pointing yes. to your head there. Yeah. It, it all starts so, here in the yeah. head, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it starts in the head. Yes, sorry, I didn't... <laughs> Yes, Sorry, we've got some I use my hands a lot, listeners, so those listeners listening. Here. But if yes, you are so listening, though, you can have a look on YouTube and you can see Simone for yourself. So okay, starts cool. with the thinking, starts with the starts head. Starts with the thinking and in then the, the head. Feeling then the, the feeling heart. and we drop into the heart. So the important part of that is that then it connects to the heart of the story and it connects heart to heart with your audience. Then we connect to action, like the doing, to the gut. So yeah. we, uh, we're traveling kind of down the body because now we're, we're in the process that we can take action. So the doing is to create um, impetus in your audience. You want them to do something. Now, the doing can be something very simple, such as book another appointment to have a deeper conversation. It could be click on the link below. It could be something, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter what the doing is, but if you start by connecting with how they're thinking at the moment, shifting that thinking to feeling, oh, wow, 
this could really make a difference in my life, whatever it is that you're, you're talking about, and then getting them to take some action. The call, the, um, the, the call to action, so the invitation to do something further, you know, join my webinar or whatever that might be. So that's how I use story to get them through, take them through that process. Yeah. So look, can you help us get down into the weeds now and think about, so how do, how do we actually take that approach using story and what sort of stories do we tell? You know, is it about once upon a time or is it a, a personal <laughs> story or, or what's, well, what we please do? avoid once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're telling a children's story, it doesn't work well with an adult audience. I mean, there's a couple of elements to that, and that's an entire podcast on its own, how to start a story. And But just very quickly, you know, if you use something like that, it tends to alienate the audience a little because it feels a bit childish. And unless you're using a very specific um, uh, metaphor or something where that might work, where, you know, you might be saying, you know, it might feel like a fairy tale to you, but this is actually what happened. So you could use it in that and create a bit of a twist. Um, but to answer your question, so there's a couple of different kinds of stories that you can tell. The first one is the about you, and that's the one that I work with a lot one-to-one. Uh, -one. So that's about how you got to where you are. What were your challenges? What did you discover along the way? And this is based um, a lot on uh, the elements of like the hero's journey, um, uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. You know, every plot of every movie or a TV series or a musical, whatever it might be, uses that type of storytelling. Uh, you know, it's the hero's journey. The hero goes through a whole series of different events, um, different challenges, and uh, there's a climax and then there's a resolution. So that's the about you story, about how you got to where you are. Then the other kinds of stories you can tell is about your client. So that's the business case kind of story. The, the, this is what happened. Here was the challenge for my client. This is where these were the different things that we worked on with them. These were the solutions we came up with together. And this was the outcome. So that's another kind of story, the, the business story where you help potential clients see the connection between their own story of where they are now. And then the other story that you need to get really good at being able to share is the audience story. That's the what's in it for them. So the story around like this is how this shift can happen for you. So there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. You can use a client story to demonstrate that. You can tap into your own story and a client story to create something different. If you have a whole heap of different stories, and you know none of us have just one story, we have lots and lots of different kinds of stories. We have you know, anecdotes about things that have happened, or we might have what I call an epic story. You know, it's a big transformational story. So they're the kinds of stories that can connect deeper into an audience to help them understand how they too can change. You know, people who have gone through, say, a significant, what I call a crucible of event, something, you know, transformation through fire. So it could be a natural disaster or a personal um, a situation, you know, the, like people who have climbed Everest and been caught in avalanches and yet have lived to tell the tale. You know, they're those kinds of um, epic crucible stories. What an audience can learn from that is um, – 
lessons in leadership, for instance, if you're doing a leadership conference. So there's ways of telling each of the stories, but for a different purpose. So it's really important, too, to understand why you're sharing the story in the first place. What would you say to to people who are who are using speaking as a platform uh, to, to grow their business or, or their personal brand um, who, I mean, I think it's probably quite an easy connection to, you know, if you've summited Everest or um, you've been through a particularly traumatic time and risen out the other side in your life, um, you know, it, there's, a, there's a clear story there. Um, what would you say to people who are struggling to find stories that they think are relevant to, um, you know, from their own personal life, which are relevant to, to their business situation? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, there's a, the way I'd like to answer that is, first of all, to say uh, I consider my own story to be pretty ordinary. You know, I, I haven't, in my mind, I haven't done anything that's out of the ordinary. You know, uh, what my career path, there's a lot of people who do similar work to what I do. I've just happened to blend it in a particular way. So all of my stories come from my experiences in theatre and some of them from outside, from coaching actors and that kind of thing. But all of my stories come from my lived experience. So it doesn't matter what your lived experience is. There's always going to be a story. For instance, I was doing a presentation for International Women's Day last year, and I caught um, an Uber into the city to do the presentation. And the driver provided me an absolute cracker of a story that I then shared 10 minutes later when I opened the um, the event. And what he did was he complimented me on being able to order the Uber car on my own without getting my husband to help me. Right. <laughs> now, it was like, oh, my goodness, what what are the chances, such serendipity, what are the chances of that kind of a conversation happening on International Women's Day when I was about to speak about... <laughs> Um, making one change in the world by, you know, women actually owning their power and all of this kind of thing. So it was a classic and it's just a lived experience. You know, there's nothing major in that. It's not particularly significant. It was about me paying attention. So my advice to everybody listening to this podcast is start to pay attention because stories are everywhere. You know, the Every interaction has the potential to create a story for you and your business. It could be, you know, if you talk on customer service, you know, every experience you have, buying a coffee, having, um, you know, doing some shopping, whatever it might be, every, you know, getting your tires changed, whatever that might be, there's an opportunity there to observe. And I find that people don't pay enough attention to what's going on around them. There are stories everywhere through our lived experience that if we were to pay attention and start to document. Now, that Uber driver story, you know, it takes me 60 seconds to tell. It makes people laugh because they look at me and they think, oh, my God, he, he was pretty ba brave to say that. But, you know, that was his, that was his framework. That's, that's, it was his expectation that, you know, a woman might need help with that. You mentioned so, documenting the stories there. Would you recommend to actually write them down or keep a note somewhere as these stories I do. Um, when I When I run any of my story alchemy discovery sessions or my workshops, I have a number of different um, uh, programs that I run to help people get their story out. And I have a, a process that 
I work through with them. But a really simple way of doing that is to just have a journal, just have a book that you keep specifically for your stories. And the simplest way to do it is to use what we do with acting, which is the five W's. The who, which is like the cast, so who's in the story, what happened, where, when, and why. So the five W's, um, who, what, why, where, and when. And it just gives you the outline. So just dot points. All you need to do is like dot points and maybe give the story a name. So, you know, I might call it the Uber driver. And then you can you can go through that. And if you're doing a presentation, you think, oh, I want to do um, – Uh, I need to do something around customer service or teamwork, you might go through your stories and say, oh, that's the one that really resonates for that presentation. And the more you can do that, the more you'll have a library of stories that can serve your business. Yeah, I mean, that's a really powerful tool, I think, to have for so many people who I think when you're preparing for a presentation, it's easy to get uh, focused on the key information that you want to communicate, you know, I guess the facts, figures, Mm -hmm. uh, dot points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But without the <laughs> stories, then you're going to lose the audience and you're not going to have them thinking and feeling and therefore they're probably not going to do what you said before. So um, I think having that little library of, of stories um, that you can call on when needed is, is a mm. really powerful tool for anyone doing any sort of presentations or, or speaking. Yeah. And this is just – these can be just – you know, they are just everyday stories. As I said, they're our lived experiences. And it doesn't matter how, you know, uninteresting we might think our lives are. There's always experiences. You know, it could happen in a in a conversation with a loved one. You know, it could, for instance, like my part of my um, like family um, history is that we migrated from uh, Holland many years ago. And so I talk a little bit about what that meant as a family. So that's not something that I talk about a lot, but it, it, if you want to um, share a little bit more about your background or, you know, the fact that my dad was a commando in the Dutch army, um, you know, so I share like a little snippet of my family history to create a closer connection with my audience. And that will depend on on the audience, you know, what parts of those stories I might share. So for a Rotary Club, if I've got a, a majority um, male audience, I might share the commando story because uh, they find that they I've done that and they found it really interesting. Um, And whereas other stories might suit a different kind of audience. So if you write them down, you'll be able to tell which ones will work and which ones will resonate for that particular audience. And the more you have, the better. Yeah, fantastic. I'd I'd love to hear if you've got any any stories of story being used badly in a presentation or any any, uh, of the common mistakes that you see people in business using when they're trying to use storytelling? Is there is there some mistakes people can make? Uh, probably the most common is that the story doesn't have a purpose. It's, it's rambling yep. and, you know, it's not succinct, it's not clear and as a result your audience are kind of going, I have no idea what you're trying to tell me. Yep. Like where, where did that story start? Or, you know, I don't know if you uh, are a fan of Billy Connolly but he's an extraordinary storyteller. 
and he does what is called nested stories. He'll start one and then he opens a loop into another story and then another one and another one and another one. And he's masterful at that. And by the end of his two hours on stage, he starts to close all of those loops and he closes all of those stories one after another until he comes right back to the very first story he started with and everything's wrapped up beautifully. Most of us are not particularly good at that. But if you want to learn, watch Billy Connolly and watch how he tells those stories. But simply put, you could probably do something like um, make sure that your story, this seems uh, too simple for words, but make sure your story has a beginning, a middle and an end. You know, every story should have a climax. Every story has, you mentioned the words earlier, an inciting incident, the catalyst. What's the catalyst for this story to kick off? It needs to build to a climax, then this happened and this happened and this happened. That's all the challenges you overcame. Then there's a climax and then, you know, you tell the the audience and then this happened and everything blew up. And then the resolution from that, that comes off the back end of the climax. So then we had to find a new way to do things. And so then you come to a conclusion and with embedded, embedded in that conclusion will then be your call to action. Yeah. So... But really, it's um, it's based on a thing called Freytag's pyramid, which essentially is a pyramid. You start at the bottom left-hand corner, and that's the the catalyzing incident. The peak of the pyramid is the climax, and the bottom right-hand corner is your call to action. So if you just look at that as a structure, it allows you to then go, okay, am I building to the climax in the story and am I giving the audience a call to action as a result of what I learned? And I guess that structure, that that pyramid structure, which I guess many of us are probably familiar with in some way from our from our schooling, that that typical story structure is something that can expand to a to a large, longer story. Even or even down to a small little anecdote like your your Uber, yes. Uber driver story before still yes. had that same structure just on a smaller scale. Yes. So think about the anecdote as being a you know three minute video clip. Think of the longer story, you know, an extensive story being a two hour movie. Now, if you go to a movie, and there's you you there's always a build to a big climax, but there's smaller climaxes along the way. There are smaller like oh. And, you know, it's like a false climax almost. So a longer story will have a couple of those where you have like a fake climax, but then it continues to build. The tension continues to build. Whereas with an anecdote, you might just have the one, um, you know, point, uh, climactic point and then the resolution. Yeah, fantastic. So I think there's some great, um, some great takeaways for, for those listening or watching today that, you know, when you're talking about understanding your audience first, you know, getting them to think and feel and, and then do. Um, you've talked about the, you know, gathering of stories and, and the different types of stories, the about you story, the, the about the client story and the audience story and the five W's as well of, of fr- framing a story around those who, what, when, where, why, who, what, when, where, why. Did I get all the five? You did. Um, <laughs> and um, and then, of course, that that story structure of Freytag's pyramid. Is there, before we go, is there any other, I guess, top tips maybe for, for those who are faced with the idea of, of trying to tell their story with a purpose from the stage? Probably the, um, the simpler, the better. Keep really, it, it doesn't matter how long or short the story. If you can keep it simple, only include 
relevant facts. So the facts that might be relevant for that particular audience. Uh, the You asked before about the things that people do um, badly around storytelling, which is waffling or rambling not having a point to the story. So the simpler a story can be told, the more powerful and the more impact. And if you can help an audience to kind of, uh, to see that by creating a a compelling call to action at the end of it, make it about, as I said, make it about the audience, not about you. Yeah. Help them to see the value in that. So, but really the, the the key would be to keep it simple. Don't overload your audience with too much information. They'll get lost in the story. And in fact, so will you. You'll forget what you've said and you'll forget where you got to in the story and then think, oh, have I said that bit? Oh, let me just add this other little bit. And by then your audience is going, oh, look, I'm done listening. And you've lost them. Yeah, that's great. That's really I think that's really valuable um, and particularly that idea of keeping it simple but also having an understanding that purpose to the story mm. I think is is where you can really create more impact with stories um, in your yeah. in your presentations. So uh, Simone de Haas, thank you for your time today. Um, My is pleasure. There, is there any final thoughts or anything else that you want to um, want to share with us today before we before we end the call? Probably just this one thing. Um, always stand in your audience's shoes. If you're, no matter what you're sharing from the stage, and this is whether you're sharing a story or you're providing training or you're providing something kind of educational, facilitating something, always, always, always start from the audience's perspective. Yeah, fantastic. And the think, feel, do is perfect for that. Love it. So know your audience and stand in their shoes. Tell great stories with purpose to create impact. Love it. So Simone, we can find out more about you at thespeakersdirector.com. Is there any other way that people can reach out and maybe um, connect with you further? Absolutely. If you're into social media, I'm on Facebook as Simone de Haas, the Speakers Director, and I share lots of different um, speaking tips on that, um, just little short video grabs. I have a YouTube channel, the Speakers Director. I'm also on Instagram, Speaker Director. And of course, if you want the personal touch, why not email me and we can have a chat, simone at thespeakersdirector.com. Would love to have a chance to chat with you and talk a little bit further about how I might be able to help you get your story out there. Awesome. And all of those links will be in the show notes over at engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast. Simone, thanks for your time. Thanks for being on Engage With Story. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. Okay, so now you're pumped about bringing your story to life from the stage. Simone is awesome, isn't she? For more about Simone de Haas and to find out about her upcoming workshops or programs, be sure to head on over to thespeakersdirector.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd seriously appreciate your feedback. Jump on now and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with two of your besties on your favorite social media. Now, before I let you go, I want to remind you to check out my online video strategy foundations course. It's absolutely free and will get you started with effective online video strategy for your business the right way. So head on over now to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations to join me there. And once again, all the show notes, links and awesomeness for this episode is over at engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast. 
And as always, to end the show is a quote, and this time by none other than the Director of International Storytelling Centre, Jimmy Neil Smith. He says, We are all storytellers. We all live in a network of stories. There isn't a stronger connection between people and storytelling. Okay, so take care, and I'll join you again next week on Engage with Story.